Chapter Nine of the Love of Landry by Paul Lawrence Dunbar. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ninth. It was strange that in Landry's grief at Mildred's refusal of him, there was no anger at the girl herself. He remembered her distress and her tears and felt only deep pity and a more overwhelming love for her she loves no one else she said and i believe her landry mused when he was alone well then why shouldn't she love me she doesn't know me that's true i might be a horse thief or a pickpocket for all she knows to the contrary she's right she has the right to know more about me and i was a blundering ass to ask her to take me for granted but can i tell her everything can i explain to her a hard wrinkle came into the man's brow as he thought the secret is not mine wholly but i have lost faith in humanity on account of it now shall i lose the love of my life for this same reason great god is there no limit to what i must suffer loss ignominy shame and now this he clenched his hands and the great beads broke out on his forehead then as was his wont when he wished to think he saddled a horse and went galloping away the land was full of the brisk sweet smells of autumn the plain fell away in a grey barren line that held up a turquoise dome the little ground birds scarcely discernible against the grass so like themselves skipped away before his horse's feet but landry saw nothing neither landscape sky nor birds he felt nothing not even the rush of the wind as he swept across the prairie surrounded by the things which he knew and loved and was wont to observe he was as utterly alone with his own thoughts as if he had suddenly been lifted out of the life of this earth and placed where there were only himself and his soul he was doubly isolated in that his was the isolation both of great grief and deep thought on his face were all the marks of the struggle that was going on within him his eyes were cold and bright and his cheeks flushed though his hands held the reins firmly and there was not the quiver of a muscle in his face like a man turned to iron he rode and rode every now and then unconsciously he dug his heel into the horse's side as if moving swiftly though he was he could not keep pace with the hard hot gallop of his thoughts so he went for an hour and then without warning turned homeward again the strained look in his eyes was gone and his whole attitude was one of relaxed force but there was still on his face the expression of a man who has made a vital decision and who will carry out his plan to the last extreme he bent over and stroked the horse's damp neck i will do it he said he shall not take this from me with him when a decision was once made there was no turning back as soon as he reached his room he sat down and wrote the following letter dear miss mildred i know now the folly i have showed in asking you to marry me about whom you know absolutely nothing five years ago i should have known better but i have been away from civilization so long that i have forgotten some of its demands and conventions i thought that if two people cared for each other that was all and there were no other questions to be asked or answered i confess that i was wrong and that my theory would only do for a more primitive state of life than this to which you and i belong but i do not blame you because i blundered and so whether or not it affects the issue i am going to answer the questions which if you cared for me you must have asked 
i remember that you once repeated the remark that people only came out here on account of crime cupidity or consumption it seems proper that the world should usually take it for granted that the first of these most commonly drives a man to this life but it was not so in my case at least i am not a criminal the story is a long one and i should prefer telling it to you to writing it i should beg your permission to do so except that when i talk to you i lose my head and say the things that i do not want to say the secret which i disclose here is not as you will see entirely my own and i need not ask in mercy to all concerned that it go no further than the ear of your father who also has the right to know in the first place my name is not landry that is it is not my surname but my mother's name by which i choose to be known out here my full name is landry thayer and i was born in philadelphia twenty-eight years ago my mother died when i was young and all my boyish love was given to my elder brother john and to my father my first great grief came with the death of the latter who had always been a tender and indulgent parent to me i mourned for him sincerely but the buoyancy of youth soon overcame my sorrow and i turned to my brother now all that was left to me with the whole wealth of my affection he loved me in return and so it was a great wrench when finishing my course in the city schools i went away to the massachusetts institute of technology we were wealthy my brother managed the estates but i had my ambition i was determined to be one of the world's workers and engineering took my fancy i wanted to build bridges i wanted to dig tunnels i'm making irrigation ditches now but even that is part of my plan you will laugh at this won't you but it's straight well before i left for school i noticed that my brother cared for or seemed to care for a very beautiful frivolous girl who was at that time dominating philadelphia society and who had a dozen men in her train i did not like her and told my brother so he flew into a fury called me an impudent young cub and bade me never speak her name again on my knees and with tears in my eyes i begged his forgiveness i was younger then he barely forgave me and with a sore heart i went to school one day i received a card that cut me like a knife and when i came back he was married i hated her with all my heart i hated her she had taken from me all that i had my brother he was cold and stern with me now where he had always been loving and kind before well i supposed that i was a young fool and precipitated matters but i did not exert myself to be agreeable to my sister-in-law after a while she told my brother that i was a sullen young fellow and made her very unhappy the result was another scene and my brother who i believe loved his wife sincerely forbade me the house which he as the elder had inherited he packed me out bag and baggage and i went into lodgings but still i did not blame him and even when i went back to school i only felt that i was a jealous young fool who deserved my brother's anger and god knows i was jealous for his had been the only love outside of fathers that i had ever known at college there was an allowance ample for all my wants for i was not extravagant all went well and i grew enthusiastic over my work it is a great work after all i was looking forward with joy to my christmas vacation when i could go home and be reconciled to him it was then the blow fell upon me i received a letter from him my brother my only one saying since things are as they are would it not be better if we do not meet so i would be glad if you spent your vacations from home you do not know how it hurt me even now i feel the terrible searing of it my brother my own brother turned against me and asking me not to come to my father's house i thought the other disagreement only temporary but this was final 
i was proud and i did not go back nor did i write to him occasionally in the papers i saw reports of the magnificence of his entertainments and i was glad for i loved and trusted him still though i hated her then i heard that he had sailed for europe i was glad because he had always wanted to see the wonders of the old world john has gone away i told my chum i'm glad because he always wanted to see the things over there it's a pity said my chum i'm sorry for his wife i need not say what i did to jack alston only since he knows that i did not know then he has forgiven me and writes to me now and i love him he is building a bridge somewhere after jack had given me this cue i went and looked further the papers said that my brother had left suddenly without his wife and that there were rumours of irregularities in his handling of my father's estate they were lies all lies and i knew it so i rushed home to refute them in my father's house at the door out of which i had seen carried the man who had fathered us both i met that woman oh it's you she said when the servant had taken her my card it's awful about john isn't it not a thing left you're a liar you're a liar i cried and a thief too and a murderess and i flung out of the hall and down the steps heavens the man is mad i heard her say as i was going but the rest is hardly worth the telling my brother had gone from one excess to another entertaining speculating until he had been tempted to touch what was not his then my fortune i blessed him for sparing me so long had gone to make up the deficiency then he had left out of all my father's estate save what that woman had there were scarcely five thousand dollars left i could not stand the grief of it she showed me a letter from him saying that had i not proved ungrateful ungrateful it would have been better i do not believe he wrote it now with this and the money that i had left i came west because i could not bear the sight and sound of the things that had driven my brother to crime they did drive him they did drive him for i knew him when he was square a year later i heard that he was dead had shot himself at monaco his widow is married that is why i hate civilization and you are the first one who has ever called me back to it do not judge my brother too harshly he was not so much to blame as the devilish deceitful strenuous civilization that drove him to his death with the little money i have prospered some cripple creek was kind to me and this ranch calls me one of its masters mildred darling you know my story forgive me if i have given you more than usual of landry this letter mildred received next morning from the hand of todd she dropped her tears upon it as she read then she rose and went to her father papa she said landry has proposed to me and i landry and i refused him here is his letter the old man got up the colour in his face rising in anticipation as it were of occasion why then he began to read the letter as he read the anger died from his face and the tear-drops fell on his ruddy wrinkled cheeks they fell as freely as the girls do you love him he asked when he had finished no answered mildred firmly and then i don't think i do i'm almost sorry said her father for landry ah landry is a very big man but i suppose it's heathcote well heathcote snapped mildred i hate heathcote and she swept from the room she hates heathcote said mr osborne what a remarkable girl yesterday it was landry end of chapter nine